0: hey everybody welcome back to the big mark podcast it's me your host big mark uh if it's your first time listening welcome um if uh if it's not welcome back love to hear uh or love to see y'all listening, and glad to have you here. If it's your first time, and you want to give the podcast a shout, uh, you can always contact us through our uh, Instagram at the Big Mark Podcast. You can contact us on our th- hit us up on our DMs on Twitter at the Big Mark Pod. If you want to uh, uh, support the podcast, you can check us out on our Patreon at patreon.com/slash/thebigmarkpod. Um, there's a couple levels there that you can you can add to, and you know. Support the podcast any way you'd like. Some exclusives there too, all that good stuff. So, today I wanted to, um, you know, it's me and you again, as you can see, and I always love sitting down with y'all and, um, you know, chatting. And, you know, I was kind of thinking today, you know, wanted to to talk about something current, talk about the Olympics, because, you know, what, everyone, everyone loves the Olympics, and, you know, if you don't, that's okay. But, you know, it's, it's something that obviously... It's in the description of this podcast, From Sports to Psychedelics. We always love to talk a little bit about sports. And, you know, there's kind of so much going on with the Olympics. And especially this year with COVID going on and nothing's happening. And all kinds of interesting stuff, right? So, I didn't want to go into too much of the nitty gritty and, and get like too bogged down in all the um, minutia, if you will. And and, and stuff about uh, too much history and everything. But there's a couple cool stories, and, you know, things like that, and, again, you know, it's really interesting, you know, having this crazy international competition, like, in, in the midst of, you know, a global pandemic, and, you know, part of, part of East Asia kind of reporting some really bad numbers, and all of a sudden, you get a bunch of athletes going there, and then, They're going to bring it all over the world. Again, you know, it's something that who knows exactly how this is going to go. Probably going to continue to have to deal with this for the rest of... I don't even know. I don't want to go too far down that road. But, you know, it might be something a little bit more part of our lives than than we all anticipate and we all want. And, um, uh, I mean, COVID that is. And... It might be something that there'll be a COVID season, just like a flu season. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, I, you know, because it's so new and I mean, it's not really new anymore. And anyway, what can you do? Um, but, you know, there's no there's no fans. So, I mean, they're doing they're doing what they can. And it's weird, though, the athletes can't even stay there. Like as soon as they finish their competition, I believe they got to get out of there within 24 hours, which is wild. Like. They don't get to do any of that fun stuff at the Olympic Village and you know get after it and and you know I always used to think it was cool watching the Olympics when, you know, maybe you you were like one of the first first competitions um, of, of of the Olympics, one of the first events, you get it done. Maybe you win gold, amazing, whatever, do well, do your thing. Then you get the rest of the time to hang out at the Olympic village you know eat food have fun watch all the other like watch your fellow countrymen and teammates get um do their do their events too which is so cool and you know obviously there's there's all the all the known um like again obviously these guys and and girls are top peak athletes best shape young prime of their life they're obviously all gonna get together and have a little bit of sex and get that get after it and and have a little bit of fun i mean why not right but one more thing why i mean they're still handing out handing out condoms this olympics because there was that one that one kayaker that she like repaired her boat i believe she was from australia uh she like repaired her boat with a condom she was like the uh carbon fiber kind of like like glue, and then like use the condom to like repair the tip of her, her kayak, which is wild. So, I guess they're still handing out condoms like they usually do, but you got to get your bang in real quick because uh, you got 24 hours to get the hell out of there before your competition is done, right? And sure, I'm sure you have to show up like within 24 hours of a two. I actually don't know the rules there, but again, you know, you got to get it done quick, right? Um, again, you know, it's it's interesting. Any type of these uh, international um, I- international games. I mean, when I was in grade nine, I think I mentioned this in the in the Who Is Mark podcast. If you haven't checked that out, it's one of our first podcasts. A little bit about me. I always kind of mentioned. I always kind of meant to do another part to that, but never really got around to it. Anyway, um, when I was in grade nine, I think that was about 2000. I believe it was 2006. Yeah, the 2006 international children's games which is you know essentially a children's it's not like the children's olympics because i believe they do actually have the children's olympics but it was an international competition based out of kind of the cities so you know for us it was team hamilton and then there was like other cities from all over the world team bangkok team there was a, a city in greece uh Hellas or sorry Patras in in greece Um, And Kaunas and Lithuania. Again, all these different cities, right? So super cool. And we got to go to Thailand. It was in Bangkok. And, you know, there's a men's and women's team or girls and boys team. And um, we got on a flight, flew over, which was super cool. We actually flew over the Arctic, which is really wild. Anyway, flew over, got there. Again, while I could probably do a whole podcast on it, but... Crazy experience, especially at, in grade nine. I mean, it was kind of almost too young to even really understand what was happening. But, you know, it was it was an amazing experience. But I kind of got to taste a little bit of that international thing. And, you know, all the athletes coming together and the, the grounds. There was an opening ceremony and all that kind of cool. And closing, obviously. All that cool stuff. And, you know, I could only imagine what, like, the real Olympics would have been like and um so super interesting for all the athletes going this year because it's such a different such a different experience and i mean there's there's probably a high chance that a lot of these athletes didn't even think that they were going to compete again the training nowadays that goes into especially these olympic athletes that they know exactly when their competition is going to be. Yeah, there's going to be some qualifiers and there's going to be worlds and and especially stuff like that for other for uh, during the time between the Olympics. But again, you are aiming for the Olympics for most of these sports. You know, you know, take your track sports, take your um, swimming sports. You know, a lot of those a lot of those sports are really the only time people are actually really watching is in the Olympics. So again, you're making making sure that your training programs and your regimens are going to be congruent and going to line up with that too, right? Because you, you don't want to overtrain. There's a deloading phase that you want to add in there where you're starting to change protocols a little bit so you're not gassing your athlete too much. So they do have all that energy still and all that ability to, when the race or when the event time comes, You know they have all their wits about them and they're there sorry they have all the energy that they possibly need i don't even know if i have all my wits about me right now um they uh it's it's just part of the training program so it would have been really interesting again not that you can't adjust it but to add a whole other year to to the mix and you know how many athletes couldn't make it because of it maybe bowed out because of it um you know all kinds of stuff like that i mean you know it's 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 really unfortunate really unfortunate because um you know you see a lot of you see a lot of these athletes and again some of them are start, start starting to get a little older in age too so who knows even this one more year could have been adding to that too right um and again it's it's kind of one of those things where you know it everything is so precise, everything is so much there's so much precision that goes into these athletes' training is that, you know, all of a sudden things things are changing. Now all of a sudden there's no crowd. I thought that was really interesting. Um and again, you know, it you have your teammates, you know, some of your teammates in, in certain team sports, but I couldn't imagine, you know, being an individual athlete And, um, going out there and just kind of, you know, being the best in the world, getting that gold medal. And then, you know, your coaches are there, which is awesome, but you know, you don't get to bask in that whole thing. I mean, I guess it's kind of interesting. I never really thought, but 100, definitely 100% for sure. The hundred meter sprint is kind of the event of the Olympics. You know, I like watching basketball because I love basketball, but you know, for basically everybody and for the world forever, hundred meter sprint is the one. And I, I was when I was watching the uh, the hundred meter final because um, Andre DeGrasse was in was in the final. I always want to call him Neil DeGrasse, my bad brother. Um, but every time I see that last name, I'm like, oh shit. Let's go watch some. Uh, let's go watch some Cosmos. No, my bad. But uh um watching the final, it's such a big build up to it, and you know they were talking about the history of it a little bit, where it's like they kind of in the early in the early stadiums they found the the course was about like 180 to about 220 meters, and they just used to have only one event in the Olympics, which was literally. Um, everyone would just line up on one of these tracks and just run one lap, and whoever won was the winner, they'd do it in the nude, and they just got after it, you know, who knows about those Greeks, I guess they just wanted to make sure that no one was cheating, who knows, (laughs) anyway, um, so it's, it's super cool, but again, it all comes down to that one moment, and You know, it's on TV, and it's televised, and everyone loves it, but it's so it must be so interesting. And then you kind of got to get right out of there. You got to get your mask right on, and they kind of just, like, shuffle you out of there, and then you're right on a plane and getting out of there almost, out of the country almost, too. So, super interesting, super interesting year. Um, You know, there's that whole thing with Shakari Richardson that went down, which, you know... I might have a different take for this because as y'all know I'm definitely a, mar- uh, a cannabis marijuana advocate and it's it's interesting with sport because so when I was playing football they would test us pretty rigorously so we knew that we were going to get tested it wasn't even a question of if and like you, cannabis was on the ban list you just couldn't do it so it was off the tape like it was off the tape just you couldn't do it everyone quit no one even friggin did it like on the side maybe some guys that like knew that they had zero chance of playing but even still like they would just test everybody and um, again just no one did it and we br- went broke our backs you know just avoiding it at all costs not being around people my roommate at the time university smoked and i had to like i would like leave the room if he was around and stuff again you know i just didn't want to i didn't even want to risk it and i get that she was dealing with stresses and things like that but it's like you know it's on the banned list so just so just don't do it and this of course is just going to bring us to the fact that why is it even on the banned list and i don't know if the ioc just still looks at it because a lot of places in the world it's still illegal or they actually look at it because, I mean, you know, we talk about the medical benefits of marijuana all the time, medical benefits of cannabis all the time, and it's like, you know, this is, it, it, it can aid in recovery, it can help with pain relief, it can help with certain things, and in certain circumstances that could be seen as a performance enhancement because you are aiding yourself in, in recovery. Um, you know that's how steroids work steroids you don't just take steroids and they instantly work acutely steroids work by helping your muscles recover faster so that you can get back to training more um, and and working harder more often you don't fatigue as quickly your you know your body repairs itself quicker so maybe they look at it like that and I don't know maybe it needs to be looked over again Maybe we have to start dealing with levels. Maybe we have to start dealing with medical exemptions here in different certain circumstances. And in certain sports, maybe it has no help. In certain sports, maybe it does have help. Like, who knows in... I know I think Sean White got, got booked for it. Who knows, like, if it kind of helps ease your, your stress, like, in those, in those sports that are, like, kind of dangerous, especially a lot of those Alpine sports. It gets really dangerous and like a drug that can essentially make you more calm again might be seen as a performance enhancer so i don't know if this is the way that ioc and everyone still looks at it wada and all that stuff still look at it i guess i kind of get it but i don't know man like uh it's a really tough thing because i'm pretty sure when i was um When I was playing the CCES, the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sport, they gave us the banned list and stuff every year. I'm pretty sure even alcohol was on the list. Like, you couldn't be drunk (laughs) during a competition. Like, that's the only way if they tested you during competition and you somehow had alcohol in your your system. Like, they'd be like, why are you hammered kind of thing. So, there's certain levels to some of that stuff, too. I, I don't think you could have over a certain amount of caffeine, but you could have a little bit. So maybe we need to start like adjusting these levels here. Um, I mean, CBD is involved; it's not necessarily psychoactive, but that's been u- being used in pain relief a ton right now, and all kinds of different things. So it's a really really tight spot. You know, you hate to see someone lose lose out on uh, an opportunity to chase some of their dream. You know, she has another chance to go at the next Olympics, which is great. Which is a- another thing that's kind of cool is that the next Olympics are only three years away. So. You know, we don't have to wait that long. And then there's going to be in Winter Olympics next year, too. So, super cool. Um, but, you know, kind of brings me to even thinking about doping in general. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things where most of the insider people, most of the people that are really involved with the Olympic sports, um, that would, you know... And, and when we're talking doping, we're not just talking steroids, we're talking any type of performance enhancing drugs. So whatever drug that you can take that's gonna help you with your respective sport, um, you know, basically everyone's gonna be taking and there are smart ways to take these drugs and not get caught. Um you can avoid some of these tests as long as you're not testing positive like on the days and, and few the week leading up to your events when you're actually um, at the Olympics, like you can you can get away with it and, and I'm pretty sure that there's lots of athletes that are still getting away with it. And of course that brings up the eth- ethical um, question of, you know, that does that mean that if you want to do well in sports, you have to take these drugs? And you know, my stance has always been, you know the guys the guys that would take steroids to play to be better football players out there that exist. You know they wanted to be better players than I ever did I always look at it that way that they had more dedication that they were gonna you know inject themselves with the needle really that was it because there's not there's health consequences if you do if you do the do certain drugs wrong um, certain steroids uh, specifically but if you do it right and you cycle it properly and you know it's it's gonna help you. It's gonna make you stronger, it's gonna make you recover faster, it's gonna help you with all the shit that we just deal with that we just dealt with and freaking drank protein shakes and took BCAAs for. And, you know, you can try and do it clean, and there's a lot of great, tr- amazing tr- um, natural athletes out there that do it clean. Um but Again you know a lot of people that are that are at very high levels in sports are doing something. And really where do we draw this line? because again, you know it's just like cycling. we talked about this before with cycling in the steroids uh, uh, podcast where you know you can increase you can increase the oxygen carrying capacity of your blood by increasing your red blood cells. There's two ways to do that, that the, that the WADA and the IOC don't care about. And there's two ways that the IOC and WADA will freaking kick you out and remove all your metals and do all that stuff. So, you know, it's um, it's weird where we do start to draw these lines. Again, what's, what's the difference between someone taking a bunch of supplements that are quote-unquote, um, you know, legal versus, again, is it... To, again, to continue to prevent people from feeling like they're forced into taking some of these drugs. Sure, hopefully that's the case. But people are still doing it. There's still countries that are doing it. Freaking Russia is banned. And whatever that Russia ROC thing is, it's really strange. I don't even get it. I mean, I thought they were banned, but they're still somehow in there. Still, still competing. Um, very, very interesting. Anyway um but again you know it's super like what do we do though do we go okay everything's open do as many steroids do as many drugs as you want maybe we'll start to see crazy records being smashed maybe we won't because that might be the thing that that the ioc is most scared of that if we do say all right everything's cool it's not like all of a sudden the fucking numbers are going to go twice as much because everyone's already on something already you know uh, i watched a ben johnson documentary i mentioned about and, you know, he, Ben Johnson admitted to it, and what has he got to lose, right? You know, he already took his freaking medal away. So, um, it's, it's an interesting world out there where sports is, is again, sports, the world of sports is, is that exactly. It's its own world. It's not necessarily part of day-to-day reality, and it can live by its own rules, and it can live by its own codes. And the last thing anyone wants to see is a cheater. So no one wants anyone to cheat and performance enhancing drugs have always been seen as cheating. But like I said again in that last podcast about steroids, is it really cheating if everyone's doing it? If you're just having to do steroids just to level the playing field, is it cheating? Who knows, right? Um, One of the coolest stories that I actually did when I was, I did like stumble across this and saw it you know in the in the olympic coverage was the really cool story of uh john Gian, john marco tamberi and uh Mutaz Essa bashim from from qatar and um and john marcos from italy and they were high high jumpers right so they're doing their high jump thing if you guys haven't heard about this story if not check it out super cool they're doing their high jump thing right so it's men's high jump running we doing their thing and, uh, comes down to like the last couple jumps. Um, the John Marco goes and he just, just nicks it, bumps down the, down the bar. Then Mutaz goes, he jumps, just bumps the bar. Right. So it comes down to it that, that John Marco and Mutaz have tied for the front for the, for highest jump so what they usually do is a jump off essentially i don't know how many jumps each guy gets but i'm assuming you just keep going until the until the first person can't jump any higher than than the next i can only assume but for the first time like in 113 years or something these guys actually decided to share the gold medal which i thought was so cool and you know I saw this happening and you know they, they show it they showed it they showed the little conversation that they had and they said hey can we share it and you know the Olympic official was like yeah it's possible for sure and they go for it and John Marco just freaks out and he's hugging Mataz and it's it it was it's a cool moment but what makes it even cooler is that I guess back in 2016 John Marco or in preparation to go to 2016 the 2000 Sixteen Olympics. John um, uh, Marco broke his ankle in competition. He was trying to get back. Obviously, bumped him out of those Olympics, so he couldn't get into it. And he was super bummed. Not really down. He kind of didn't didn't really know if he had much of a of a of a future in the sport. Um, and then all of a sudden, one um, I guess one day at his training facility, he got a knock on the door. And it was Mutaz, uh, the, the high jumper from Qatar. And, you know, he was encouraging him, trying to get him back in to do his thing and, and keep jumping. And so then fast forward to these Olympics and John Marco, actually, I don't know if any, if you noticed when you when you did watch this, he had like this plaster cast of, or he had this cast. And that was actually the cast that he wore when he broke his ankle. That he brought with him just to just to kind of give him a little bit of that extra boost and and give him that inspiration to keep jumping and again the fact that they even had a history with each other and that they are friends is an amazing story and you know that's the really cool thing about the Olympics is that you do see some of those really beautiful stories and you know the underdogs that come back and win and you know you even look at you, you even look at the um, like teams that end up playing the U.S. Um, in in many sports, like even in basketball too. Um, uh, I believe Nigeria beat. Sorry, I'm gonna check on my phone here. It's interesting doing the podcast all by yourself here. But I believe um, uh, that. Yeah, the Nigerian basketball team defeated Team USA ninety to eighty seven. Uh oh, what's this? Whoops. Oh. I guess that was in um. I'm sorry everyone. I guess that was in prelims. Anyway, not necessarily any specific stories, but it's really interesting when, you know, it's it's you have an underdog, especially it's against a team like Team USA in basketball or or any other powerhouse team, and there's just something about that underdog mentality where, you know, I've I've been I've been in both scenarios. I've been the underdog and I've also been the the favorite where you roll in there thinking you got it and you're going to win no big deal, and then all of a sudden the team that you're you're playing is starting to beat you or ends up actually beating you because um you either underestimated them or you just thought you're going to win for sure and then didn't really try super hard so it's really interesting in in the olympics to kind of see that super cool um super super cool underdog mentality really come into play and um and you know it's it's no better place is it shown is it shown you know I remember even watching some preliminaries in the rowing um, there was a rowing pair from Greece that in the even it was just the qualifiers but all of a sudden out of nowhere they just had this huge push and like ended up winning the heat and it just was really really interesting to watch even just again in preliminary stuff and it's not necessarily for any medals but just see some some um person or persons or team really excel and really you know perform at the highest peak that they can possibly perform at and get their get a win somehow whether it's you know whether it's actually through through the medals or just again being there too right because there's so many athletes that are there they're lucky to be there they're lucky to get out of their country they're lucky to be there even after all this COVID stuff too and still competing and it's it's amazing even some guys that get dusted too cuz even these underdogs sometimes they come out and they don't necessarily win they get plowed and it's kind of tough but it's like you know what you're out there you'll have a story to tell and it's it's truly amazing what what com- competition can truly bring out of out of the the human spirit as they say you know it's it's a little bit corny for sure but you know it's it's amazing when you can dig down and then you have the weight of your weight of your country behind you, too. Right. You know, I know Simone Biles is getting mad heat because she's having troubles with her mental health and, and God bless her. You know, I can't imagine it's tough. But when you have the weight of your country behind you and you have responsibilities, sometimes you, you put that stuff aside and you keep going. And, again, I, I've also heard that maybe she wasn't able to take some of her medication because if it was for ADHD and there was maybe a stimulant involved, and but shouldn't she be medically exempt from that? Again, the story is deep and it's sad. And, you know, it goes to show you, again, that a lot, a lot of athletes are going through a lot more than you think. They're not just these strong-willed competitors that sometimes, you know, things get hairy. But again, you know, you have the whole weight of your country behind you, and that can sometimes um, bolster you, and it can inspire you to do do amazing things. And um, I know there was a, a a Filipino weightlifter, and she won uh, the first uh, medal, I think, for women in Philippines, or anyway, she won a huge medal for her country, which again is amazing. You do it for your country, and I think that's so fantastic. You know again like I can mention that international children's games that I was involved with it wasn't it wasn't I wasn't on team Canada but we were the only basketball team representing Canada so we went out there with the wet with the red and white on our back and we wanted to go and play and, and we wanted to show Canada that that you know we're gonna show up and do it and actually the men the boys team won silver and the girls team won gold so we went out there and showed them how it's done but there's no better feeling than being the underdog and toppling the giant for sure and you know it's really cool and you know again all the athletes out there that are competing and are training god bless you keep going if you're listening give us a shout out uh if not tell you tell if if you know any olympians and know anybody out there that's an athlete tell them to keep going and expand you know expand your consciousness too you know again the the If you know the way um, broadly, you'll know it in, in every um, aspect. Uh, it's a paraphrase of a great quote, but again, if you, if you understand many things, you will see you will see it come up in many parts of your life. And again, the value of sport, what you can get, you know, Travis Canellis when he was on the podcast. We were always talking about this, what you can understand that athletes have gone through and what they can put their bodies through, what they can endure, you know, is valuable, and it, it will spread. And uh, I'll I'll leave it with this because this is great. You know, shout out! I saw this hilarious uh, saw this hilarious meme on the, online that one of the most horrible losses of the twenty twenty um, pandemic was uh, the graphic design for Tokyo twenty twenty, and they we're still using it this year. They're still calling it twenty twenty. I'm gonna show if you guys are watching on YouTube. I'm gonna show a picture of that. Uh, graphic design it's so cool and again it was a shame but thankfully they can use it because they kept calling it tokyo 2020 and then shout out to my boy Corey vanderveer he's out there he's doing the headsets for the weightlifting uh, part of the competition uh, for the olympics and he's going to be out there for the paralympics so he's living the dream out there love you buddy um anyway thanks for listening everybody that's my chat about the olympics you know i didn't want to get too too heavy greasy um super cool again we all love the olympics if not You know, it's the way she goes and it's it's a way that we can see how deep the human spirit can go when pushed to the limits of its capabilities and competition and all that stuff. And it brings people together and it's just amazing. So thanks for listening. Remember, support the podcast at the patreon.com slash the big mark pod. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on uh, Instagram at the Big Mark Podcast and at the Big Mark Pod, respectively. We want to hear from you. So let us know if there's any topics you want to hear or anything like that. Love you all. Love the sport. Go out there. Get active. We'll see you soon. Peace. Cheers.